Caleb McGuire. I'm on the team here. Um, and we're super excited. Like you said, this is week three of our God's Plan series where we've been looking at what is God's plan for love, sex, and dating and how does it affect our lives and how do we live according to God's plan, not culture's plan. And so this is one of my favorite nights of the year because what I know is that you guys have a ton of questions. And our hope is that we can give you an opportunity to ask those questions. It's really like a dialogue. Now, I know you're not going to be you know, talking out loud, but in some ways it feels like we're having a conversation as you text in. Um, and you guys have a chance to answer questions, and then we have a chance to give you uh, some of our perspectives on them. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to start out by I want you guys to introduce yourself, and I want you to share a quick, let's start with this. We're going to start with when. Now I'm going to put a different question in there. So it's going to be two and one, okay? Two and one deal. So introduce yourself, and when did you start dating? Not necessarily the person that you're sitting next to. Some of you guys are sitting next to people you're dating or married to. But when did you start dating? And maybe not preschool when you kissed that girl. I did not kiss any okay. girl in preschool. So, Where are you? Those kids get sent home. Oh, maybe see, what kind of preschool did you go to? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, did, I did go to preschool, though. Um, my name is Sam. I know most of you. Uh, Frangioni is my last name. And I started dating at the age of 15. Wow. Legitimately dating. Hi. I'm Anne Frangioni. We're married. Oh. Um, and I, I started dating when I... I was 19. To him. So cute. They're the cutest. I love them. Um, I'm Carly, and I started dating in high school, so <coughs> my sophomore or junior year. Sorry, go ahead. I just <laughs> yeah, sometime in high school I started dating. Hi guys, I'm Catherine, and I. This is really embarrassing. My first boyfriend was at 12 years old. Not good. It was six months, two weeks at a time, so do the math on that. Wait, what? <laughs> we like would date for like two, maybe three weeks at a time, and then break up, and then get back together. We oh, so for like six months middle school or ever. <laughs> it was dumb, yeah. Don't act like you didn't do it, because I know some of you guys in middle school was like, oh, I'm dating him, and then I'd ask you the next Sunday, and you wouldn't be dating anymore. Um, so I'm James. Uh, I kissed my first girl when I was in third grade. Did you get sent home? No, she was a fifth grader though. Oh! Yeah. It was actually, it was, it was actually my older sister's friend. So, anyways, uh, no, I probably started dating fifth grade, like twelve. My name is Blair. I started dating when I was fifteen to him. Oh. Then not, and then again, later. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Well, I'm going to put these guys kind of on the hot seat over the next few minutes and ask them some questions, and you guys can keep texting in. Um, I will say this. We won't get to all of your questions. Uh, we're going to get to as many as we can. But if you don't have a question answered, our team is actually, we can reply back to you. We don't know who you are, but we can reply back to you. And so our team this week will help kind of wrestle through some of them and send you our best answers. We will also leave this number open for the course of the week. So if you're still wrestling through some things, 
we'll be there to help you guys answer them. So we're going to start out with this. Uh, this is a question that I've gotten a ton of here, and I think everybody wonders it. But we're going to start with, when is a good time to start dating? And how do you know if you should date a person or not? So like, when is a good time to step into it? And then how do you know, like, if that person's the right person? Maybe, you know, are they the one? Is the one a myth? Go ahead. <laughs> this happened in Breakaway as well. They just kind of, Anne was like, here, Sam, you should answer this one. I just, I think you should talk more. That's the problem. Anyways, <laughs> um, I would say uh, how you know if somebody is the right person or if they're the one. I was, I heard, the, I mean, I heard the whole question, but I think, I think the one is a myth, but not because my wife is not the one for me. That is not why. Uh, I just think about like uh, when it comes to the one, if there is a one, then if one person chooses the wrong one, then everybody else's one is therefore incorrect. Oh. It's a big domino effect. And that so would it, be unfortunate. It, it is not. So if I choose, I if I chose the wrong, right? Uh, exactly. I don't want you to mess up my one. Now so, you already married the one. So, though. Maybe. Oh, I might have screwed up. The, I might have married the wrong one. Okay, that I don't think continue, I did. Continue, Sam. Continue on. I didn't. I know I was right. I was right. Okay. It was hypothetical. Okay. 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 I, did, I derailed us. I derailed okay, us. Sorry, okay. Sam. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. But no. So for that reason, I think I think if you find somebody who is, uh, Rich and Jen have shared this, but somebody who is uh, able to, with you encourage you and challenge you to walk closer to Jesus in your life. Um, I think that is that if you find a person like that, that you can get along with that you can live life with, um, then you're, you're going to be okay. As long as you guys can come back to the center point that, that Christ is your center and your foundation and that you guys are pursuing him together and you're helping each other get closer to him. Um, and as that happens, he'll, he'll grow you two closer together. <laughs> I ended up with a microphone. Um, so I agree with that. And I also, like, I think, I don't think you can put a number to it, honestly. Like, I think it's so hard even. Hi, Blair. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know your name. Okay, this is Blair. Even for, like, Blair to be 15 and to have dated and look at they're together. You know what I mean? So I think it's hard to put a number on it, even for myself, um, to be later on um, in life. Um, but I mean, I think I think it all comes back to if you are secure in yourself, if you have your identity, um, if you know your identity, and you know your identity in Christ as well. That's good. Okay. That's good. All right, awesome. Well, I'm gonna the next question I'm gonna ask. We're just gonna dive right in because it seems to be the number one question coming in is how do you know like how far is too far? So if we're talking about the like physical parts of relationship. Where is the line, and how do you know if you've crossed it? Sam's giving me the death glare. Not like, say words! Sam, you're really good at like making people feel guilty to speak. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. It's probably not a good thing. No, it's okay. I think that if you have to ask, it's probably too far. Like, if you subconsciously know, and here in Edge, we sometimes use the words, like, if you have a gut feeling, the Holy Spirit's probably talking to you. If you have to ask, it's probably too far, because you subconsciously know that something you're doing isn't quite right. That said, 
I do believe strongly in grace and forgiveness. And I think that if you've made mistakes or if choices have been made for you, that um, virginity isn't necessarily the goal. Like a lot of church people say that it is. I think that purity is the goal. And Jenna and Richie have said this in Edge before. Um, that as long as you're walking towards Jesus, you're doing something right. And so if choices have been made for you, if you've made choices, you can always come back to walking towards Jesus. And so if you have to ask, it's probably too far, but there is grace and forgiveness as long as you're continuing to walk towards Jesus. Anyone else? Uh, I don't think it's not. No, no, that's okay. Just use one next uh, one. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he does. Um, I would say kind of the same thing. Yeah, if you have to ask yourself, you know, is this far um, or too far? Uh, but. I just think it's kind of, I mean, it shouldn't be too difficult of a question for you. Uh, and what I mean by that is I don't think you should have to think about it for so long. You know, if you call yourself a, a Christian or a Christ follower, I think he, there's a line that's drawn and that you want to be uh, going towards Christ. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, never mind. I don't know how to finish my words. But... <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to help because that was really good. I think the minute, the moment that you feel like you're not going towards Christ anymore, then that's your life. Yeah. That's, that's what he Can said. Can I add one more thing? Yes. Because I know that some of you are here because your friends are here or because your parents made you be here and you don't love Jesus yeah. and you don't believe in God. And I'm coming from a place that before I loved God, I made a lot of choices that Christians didn't like. And... I think that if you don't love God, you automatically come into this room and there's shame attached to what you've done. Mm -hmm. And so I want to break that off because I want you to know that what you've done is not shameful and it's not something that you have to feel guilty about just because you're around people who go to church and love Jesus. And so for those of you who don't love Jesus and don't follow the rules of the Bible, I still think even then... If you don't believe in the same rules that the Christians here do, I still think that sex before marriage is wrong. Yeah, I think that's good. I think a lot of times, you know, we think that, oh, if I don't love Jesus, then I don't have to follow these rules. Or if I don't believe in God, then I don't fit into this box. And I think, like Carly said, a lot of, of when we when we set these boundaries that are set in, in the Bible, right? It says that in scripture, it talks about how sex is reserved for the context of marriage. And the boundaries are there, not because it's a, we don't, like Jesus was like, I don't want them to have any fun. I don't want them to do this thing. But it, what it was is that he wanted to protect your hearts. And I think whether or not you love Jesus, if you're, if you're going out, right, that's why we've seen like this Me Too culture all around, around you know, media and, and just our culture in general. If we're going out and we're sleeping around, there's going to be damage that takes place. Like you're going to experience hurt and heartbreak because when you, sleep, when, you, when you connect with someone on such a deep level, that there's, a, there's a tie to them. Your heart is connected to them. And whether or not you, you have the same standard as the Bible, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, living that boundary allows you to protect yourself uh, in the long run. And so with that, you know, we say if, if that is the standard, the question is how do we do that, though? Because I think a lot of us would say, yeah, okay, great. We want to live pure lives. But how is it? I mean, we live in a culture where it's near impossible to actually live that out. 
Um, and so maybe just some practical tips of like, how can we live in a way that we protect ourselves long term? Um, I'm actually kind of in this season right now, and um, I listened to Andy Stanley's series on love, sex, and dating, which I think we pulled a lot of points from with um, our dating series, but I did a year of no dating, which meant like no going out on dates, not just like official relationships. Um, I actually put a limit on myself of like not hanging out with guys one-on-one -on -one because that was a huge temptation for me. And so I knew that that was my limit and I knew in advance what I needed to do. Um, and so for me, that was like really, really healing because it gave me a break from all the hurt that I had gone through in the past and really let me focus on my relationship with the Lord and my relationship with the women in my life because that wasn't something that I had focused on before. Um, so it was really cool because I actually mended a lot of relationships with family and made some new friendships and things like that. So I think the biggest thing for keeping yourself in a place of being pure in your single season and even in relationships is like knowing your limits beforehand and trying to act on those things um, and keeping boundaries for yourself and not crossing over those boundaries when you get to that point. Um, you know, and we've said this before, like don't put yourself in a position where you can't cross those boundaries. So yeah, I just think it's really like leaning into the Lord, asking him what he wants and really listening to what you feel like he's telling you or your intuition. I think a lot of it too comes from where you are with the Lord and you yourself like spending time with Jesus and being in the Bible or um, just like where your relationship is with him is going to reflect how you're acting um, with the other people you're with and I think that that shows a lot of just like where where your relationship is personally with Jesus um, and the more that you're spending time with him and reading your Bible and being with him the better you're going to act and your actions are going to flow from that. It's really good. Um, I think thinking about that like the times that I've struggled the most in the area of lust have been when I've not been in the scriptures, and when I've been in the scriptures, that's been a lot, and that's been a lot less of a struggle for me. I don't say that to say, "Oh, here's the cure; it's just reading your Bible," because that sounds again like that sounds awesome. It sounds really hard to do, and it is hard to do. It's a hard discipline that I don't do great with. Um, but when you when you find yourself spending time with Him, that will determine. Like your intake will determine your out your output. Um, so check what's coming into you, what you're allowing, even in media, on social media, um, but also how you're spending your time, and then how that um, how you spend your time will dictate a lot of the time what you what you do and how you feel when search when certain situations come up. Anyone else? I would say this too, uh, one thing my youth pastor always used to say, I think Richie might have said it too, is it, don't put yourself, if you really want to like, not go down this road and you're saying, I want to try and live a pure life or protect myself, don't put yourself in situations where you're going to, like, it's going to be really hard to do that. So my, growing up, my youth pastor, he was always like, listen, if you are trying to be pure, don't put yourself in a dark basement on, laying on a couch with somebody at midnight. By yourself like something's gonna happen you are human so don't put yourself in a position to actually be to fall into that like you have to learn to protect yourself in that and saying like okay great it's probably not a good idea he also used to say nothing good happens after midnight all right so like everyone knows right at midnight something just like switches and all of a sudden it's like all of those things that you would never do 
I, it's, it's like what you guys do at retreats. You go out and like burn things because something happens after midnight, right? So don't, don't find yourself at some party in some dark room by yourself with, another gir- with a girl at 2 a.m. Like that's, that's just not wise. And so some of it is just being wise in that. Um, a big question people are asking is, okay, so we talk about being pure and we, you know, we want to strive towards that, but what happens if we've already gone there? You know, like if we've already crossed the line, had sex, and now it's going like, well, but that was good. I enjoyed that. So how do I now either turn from that and then how do I wrestle down the like struggle of like, well, I've already messed up, sir. I've already crossed the line, so what does it matter now? Uh, in that same vein, going along with that, so we've been talking about <clears throat> the Me Too culture and this like hypersexualized worldview that we're living in. Um, and somebody actually texted in and, and asked the question, how do you think men should step up to help change society's view on love, sex, and dating? And so this, is what, this one's for you two gentlemen on the panel. But what do you, what do you guys think? Because I do believe that there's a, a role that, that men will play in leading this charge forward. Um, but how can you help, how can we as a community help prevent, you know, kind of change the views? Yeah, so guys, meaning I'm talking to the guys, uh, every girl that's in this room right now is either uh, a potential something, wife, whatever you want to say, girlfriend, uh, and if she's not that, she's uh, a sister in Christ and you Mm. need to treat her like that, Um, and you need to, uh, if you want to clap, you can clap. Yeah, but every girl here deserves to be treated like they're the only one in the world. And uh, I think that's how Jesus would treat them all. Um, So, you know, if you're a dude in the room and you're feeling like you don't do that, whether she's your girlfriend or not even a, a girl you've never even seen before, but you see her walking in, I mean, you better be saying hi to her and, you know, being, being a gentleman. Uh, I don't know, go back to like, way back when and open up a door for a girl. I mean, you know, it's just... <laughs> All the girls just said, amen. <laughs> Chivalry is not dead. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's my biggest thing is, you know, every girl in here matters and uh, whether or not you're dating them, I mean, it's like they're your sister in Christ and even more than that, they're God's child. So, you know, how would you want to be treated as God's child? Uh, so yeah, it's really good. It's good, James. Um, and a couple of thoughts. One of them, we a few people on our our team were just down in Atlanta at a conference, um, all about youth ministry and family ministry. And uh, they talked. They took time, which was the most powerful part of the week to me, where they they had a conversation about race and race relations. And one of the people said. Uh, that the church should be leading the way in race relations um, instead of sometimes not doing that at all and doing a really crappy job. And I think in the same exact way um, with this, the church should be leading the way um, because Jesus, like you just said, James, gives the best example of how to treat women. Um, I think of the woman at the well and how she was the last person Jesus should have been seen with, um, but he went and he cared for her and he loved her um, with truth and in grace. And so... I just think, like, 
with pornography, um, it is extremely harmful. I know that's not just a guy thing, um, that it's guys and girls, but on the other side of the screen are people who matter to God. Um, we don't think about that often, um, but those people matter as well. Those are somebody's kids. Those are somebody's family members, and you don't know their journey and how they got to where they're at. Um, and so, like, pornography is super damaging. Media is super damaging. I know that a lot of you have to look at social media every day and commercials every day that tell you that a certain thing, a certain way is the way that you're meant to look or that you have to look. And if you don't look that way, then nobody's ever going to love you. And that's the biggest lie that you could ever believe. Um, because God loves you. One, God loves you um, just how you are. Um, but I think... For men, like we have to man up. We have to put a lot of worldly desires and things that are easy to the side um, for the sake of our women. For this, and not just our women, but women uh, in the world. Um, because the way that, that you talk to a woman, the way that you treat a woman um, is going to reflect, like one way or another, every time you have an interaction with a girl, somebody's watching that. Mm -hmm. like either it's a, like a girl is either interpreting you, like, man, gets me kind of fired up. Um, also, because I think about my daughter coming up and getting old. And so, like, to think about the culture that we're setting. Like, one day you guys are all going to have, like, maybe, I don't know, a lot of you will have kids um, one day. And so they're going to be raised up in a culture that you are creating now. And so what kind of culture do you want them to grow up in? Because the kind of culture that I want Nora to grow up in is not the one that currently exists. And so we have to do something. We have to treat our women in love. We have to love them first always. Um, like that has to be the, like you can't let people sit alone. Like you can't let them sit alone. Like there's people in here who, are, who might be sitting alone and might not know anybody in the room. Maybe one person they know because they invited them and they, and they took a shot. But there's also people at your school who have never talked to anybody because nobody's talked to them. Um, and so I, I think just in a, in a phrase, be like Christ. Um, do what you would do. And I, th I think you'll start to see things change. Just one last little thing, kind of how uh, Sam had said to the dudes to man up. Uh, that can be a really, it can be a difficult thing. Like, oh, what does it mean to man up? But uh, let me maybe just try and put some perspective uh, on that thought. Uh, because I think every man out there wants to be a warrior or wants to have something to fight for and uh, or something to take care of or something to just watch I, I don't know or maybe it's just me I'm super protective and just want to take care of everyone that I see but um, think about it that you know God your Heavenly Father has given every single man in this room uh, just one task and that task would be to just like take care of specifically the women that are in here but especially everybody you know um, but like if that just were to hopefully uh, I don't know empower you guys to see it differently of like wait no I'm doing this because God wants me to you know uh, like put put away yourself like if I'm just telling you now like if you think life's about you you're going the wrong way like <laughs> live it live it for everybody else uh, and it'll definitely just be uh, God will blow you away with how he transforms your life when you hand it over to him and just start living for her or for him, uh, vice versa. But, yeah. That's good. That's good. I think, I think a big part of it, too, is, and this is both for the men and women in this room, 
is that we've got to start figuring out how to actually care about each other. Like at the end of the day, we have, our culture has created this world where it's like humans have become, I mean, it's why human trafficking is rampant. It's all this things. Humans have become like a commodity. It's like we have these transactional relationships of like, I'll do something for you, but it always has this intention of like, but then I want something in return. In everything, not even just uh, talking physically, it's just like, it seems like we, we live in a culture that says, I I'll do something, but what are you gonna do? And we've created that humans are transactional, that relationships are transactional. And it's why, you know, I was just, at this conference that Sam was talking about, and we're hearing these statistics of hundreds and thousands of kids being trafficked so that we can wear Old Navy clothes. Like, we're hearing these stories of women, or even if you were in service this morning, where we heard this story of this, this girl who at the age of nine was sold into the sex industry. She lived in suburban America. Like she, it wasn't like this was happening in some dark corner in you know some city we never hear about. This is happening in our neighborhoods. Why? Because we view humans as a commodity. And so I think both men and women, if we want to see an end to a, this culture that says you know I want to get something from you, or this culture that is you know porn is just like taking over this in, this just like hypersexualized culture, it starts by seeing each other as humans. Because when I look at anybody up here, when I look at, you know, Sam, I sit across from Sam all the time, or when I look at, at Richie, we work together every week. When I look at them, I, I truly have to see them as a human before anything else. Because otherwise, I could sit with Sam and say, well, Sam, I need this, this, and this from you. And we get to the end of the week, and I realize, have I even asked Sam how he's doing today? And so it's, it's how do we get back to a place where we say, Listen, you are a human before you are anything else. I care about you because you are a human. Like Carly said, whether you believe in God or not, we need to care about each other because we are humans. And at the deepest level of who we are, we are created to be in relationship with each other. So I think that's important. Another question that came in here, and I think this, is, this can be for anybody, but is as we're talking about, you know, this... Me Too, hypersexual, you know, or, or assault. Somebody asked, you know, assault does happen to guys as well. You know, and a lot of times what, what I think men do and we see it is we internalize it and we're not willing to talk about it. So how can we create a space where people can talk about it, can be open? And how can these guys, maybe some tips for them to create that in their communities? I actually kind of want to, oh, sorry. No, go, go ahead. Um, so we were at Orange this past week, and there was a, I don't remember if it was in the main session, but somebody talked about creating a safe space for vulnerability. Um, and that also means, like, watching how you're talking about any topic in front of other people because somebody else is listening. Oh, so okay. if someone else is looking at you and they're listening to what you're saying and you say something terrible about a topic that they've gone through, they're going to go, well, I'm not going to tell that person. Like, why would I, you know, they're going to judge me. Um, and I think the other thing, too, that's really important is when somebody does open up to you, thank them for sharing that because that's really hard. Um, and let them know that you value what they're going through. You don't have to say, like, I understand exactly what you're going through. Like, just tell them that you are super thankful that they trusted you with that information. Um, 
Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is just like watching how you're speaking about topics and making sure that you're loving that person and not judging them at all. I think part of the reason why my experience was so hard is because I didn't have a place that was safe and I didn't think I had people that was safe that were safe. And so I guess if you have a past like me, I want you to know that you're not alone and it's not just you and me. But statistics say that one of your friends falls into this category too. And without knowing what your home life looks like, without knowing who your teachers are, without knowing any of your story, I do know that your small group leaders are here to love you and they're here to care about you. And we as staff at Kensington have handpicked your small group leaders because we love them and we trust them and they've passed background checks and they've passed inter like we interview them and like your small group leaders are safe people um i would say the same of the people that are on the student leadership team mm -hmm. like those people are hand selected and so if you don't feel comfortable talking to one of us or talking to a small group leader or talking to richie or jenna or sam or caitlin or any of us adults um the student leadership team is there to be your peers and they're there to help you guys and to sometimes that means helping new students find the bathroom but sometimes that means helping you through really hard stuff and so those people also are hand selected we've interviewed them they have proven their worth they've proven that they're trustworthy individuals and so um well a community forum like come and sit let's all get over our problems doesn't necessarily exist I don't think it can't and so I think that things like that start with you being brave enough to share because if you're brave enough to share someone else is going to be brave and they're going to share their story too and so maybe that means your small group leader maybe that means your SLT friends maybe that means the stranger who's sitting next to you because sometimes strangers are the safest because they're not going to hold anything against you so if you want to tell a stranger tell a stranger it can't hurt right <laughs> so my thing is just create a safe space with the people that you already trust um, and we can be some of them but just if you're the first brave one someone else that if you aren't somebody that has gone through anything like that be the person and create a safe place you know like yeah. be the be the loving person you know that 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 person who's been uh, uh, a victim needs to find you know, just always it's uh, being able to open up your eyes and looking at people differently and seeing that possibly, you know, you don't know if the person to the left or to the right of you has gone through something you haven't. So kind of just back to that thing of like love, you know, like love people. <laughs> That's good. All right, we're going to turn the corner a little bit and um, then we're going to get to some questions about how do you, you know, know if you should marry the person and whatnot from there. But uh, this is a question everybody, it's asked every year. Uh, I feel like it's the hot button question, especially right now in culture. Um, and so I've seen lots of texts about it. But the question is, what about same-sex attraction? What about uh, the LGBTQ community? Is it wrong? Is it, is it okay? What does God say? All of these different things. Um, and so I'm going to give you uh, kind of my... Uh, perspective and what we would say at Kensington we believe in and then I'm gonna let these guys share just how we can how that that lives out um, in that but what 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 we at Kensington believe is that marriage uh, or that sex is reserved for the marriage relationship and we would define marriage at Kensington as a relationship between a man and a woman 
Now, when I say that, uh, I'm sure all sorts of emotions lead through the room, but here's what I want you to hear more than anything else that I just said. What I want you to hear is that no matter what it is that you're struggling with, no matter who it is, no matter what identity piece you're, you're wrestling through, whether you feel like you're in, you have same, you know, you struggle with same sex attraction, maybe you're in a same sex relationship, I don't know, but whatever it is that you are here with, you are loved first. And it is not my job to condemn you, it is not my job to convict you. That is a job reserved for Jesus and the Holy Spirit. It is not my job to speak that into you. What my job is, is to come here and say, this is a safe place where you can wrestle with your faith. Where you can wrestle down who you are and who God says you are. And so my hope, here's my hope, honestly, in, in regards to this topic, is that Edge would become a place that people would know more about what we're about and who we love than the things that we don't agree with. That this would become a place where people of all different walks of life, whether you struggle with a, an addiction to porn, an addiction to drugs, and, or whether you're in a same-sex relationship, whether you, you, know, you can't get over a pride issue, whether you, no matter what it is, because every single one of us in this room has something that we are wrestling through. But at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is that we are pursuing Jesus together. Like the only thing that matters is that we are saying, how do I pursue Jesus? And in that, let Jesus do the work along the way. Like our job is to love people, pursue Jesus, and then allow Jesus to speak into our lives. And so no matter what it is you come here with, you know, my prayer would be that this would be a place where you, like we've said, feel safe. But more importantly, that this would be a place where you can discover who God made you to be. Whether or not you love Jesus or don't, whether you believe this is all real or not, my hope is that every week you would come here and no matter what you came in with, you would be able to take one more step of asking the question, who does God say I am? And allowing him to reveal that. So um, I don't know, Sam, if you have anything you want to add, add to that or... I think, I think it comes back to what I said before, really, and just loving people before anything else. Um, I've had people in my life that, has, that have uh, categorized or uh, claimed as gay or transsexual, bisexual. Like, there's all these different things uh, with the LGBTQ community, and the most important thing we can do. Like, I don't think it's a question or any, a surprise to anybody that the church has done a horrific job with people who categorize themselves as that and claim to be that, and um, and it's really sad. I think uh, I think I mean candidly, I think Jesus would be really sad um, because there's been people who have been hurt. There's been people who have killed themselves because other people who maybe even claim to know Jesus rejected them um, for the thing that mattered most to them, for the way that they identified it. I think that is a tragedy, and um, I think the way that, I think, it, for me at least, all I can, can say for you guys to do is to, is to love people first, love them beyond a, a label, um, but also understanding that that label is something that somebody might, it might be who they are, and so as far as like in their head, that might be how they, how they see themselves, and so do not... Um, throw that label to the side. Uh, don't discount that label. Um, 
in that sense, but don't see them for the, that label, see them for their heart, see them for who they are, um, because they are incredible. Um, they are incredible people. And so um, if you are somebody that identifies with that and feels like that that's you, and maybe this is rubbing you the wrong way, um, know that we are here for you um, and that we're for you, um, that, we, that we love you and that God loves you. And so, um, and I'm sorry for if you've been treated um, like an outcast because you are not one. Uh, yeah. Cool. All right, we're going to turn the corner a little bit more. Um, and this one, we're going to go a little bit back into dating and relationships and marriage and all of that stuff. And so here's a, we've got time for a couple more questions. Um, so how do we know if the person we're dating is the right person? You know, is it, it, how do we know if this is the person we should marry? Probably the, you know, engaged couple and the married couple can speak to this too. I mean, or any of us. Um, but how do we know not when we've... Not engaged, not engaged, sorry. <laughs> Shots fired. Sorry. <laughs> Sam's fault. Sam's fault. My fault. Sam's fault. Well, there you go. Don't get engaged, guys. Maybe do. I don't know. I, this is awkward. Um, How do you know if it's the right person, James? Yeah, James, you can get. That would be epic. Do you want to get James right now? I probably just put James. Is he? Is he a, the one? We have a, it's like a prom pose, like set figure. Wow. I'm just down in the hole, like trying right. to get out. No, but Catherine, how do you know? How do you know if it's the right person? Yeah. Or yeah. No, go for it. Or Blair. This is fun. Even though you're not engaged, it's okay. Just speak to it. I think um, my favorite answer to this question is really, I mean, that question is so huge. Like, how do you know, um, like, you know when you know is always the answer. And I think that if you look at it, um, the person you're dating, or if you look at, if you look at a person, you see characteristics and you see um, who they are and how they act and how they treat other people. And if the way that they treat other people, the way that they treat um, their family, their mom, their friends, um, people, strangers, you know, that kind of thing, if that's not respectful and if that's not good um, and you don't want to be treated the way that they're treating other people, then, then you don't want to be with them. And so if you look at almost just like the formula of it, of is this person a good person? Um, do they love Jesus? Do they follow him? Um, are they aspiring to be better? Are they serving you? Are they looking for the best interests for you? Um, that's how you know. That's a good answer. Okay. Um, so Sam was the first guy that I dated. Like, like, put a label on dating, I should say. And... Wait, what? Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. Like, like, besides, like, the whole, like, let's go to movies together. Like, that kind of guy. That's a date. I don't think it's a date. No, there was a difference between there was going no on a date and dating. There was no emotional, whatever. No, did the guy do the whole, like... Did that happen? <laughs> if he did, I blocked it out. Oh, that's kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Guys, that never works. You're not as smooth as you think you are. All right? Right. So... <laughs> Sorry, and I derailed you. Okay, so so he was the first guy I dated, and we're married. And so, honestly, for me, like that's a that's kind of a big thing. Like, oh my gosh, I only dated one person. Like, 
there are all these fish in the sea, why didn't it? You know what I mean? Like, how do you know? And so, honestly, Sam's my best friend. And I know some people are like, oh, yes, that's so lame. Like, in the secular world. Somebody told me that once. They were like, I'd never be best friends with my husband. I was like, oh, but we're best friends. Um, because we like to like, just hang out together. Like, honestly, so I, that's what I picture is like, okay, like, is he the one? Do you like to spend time with each other? Because you're gonna be spending a lot of time together, like for the rest of your life. Forever. Is the hope, yes, forever. Right, is the hope. So, um, so I honestly think that's like the big, like, in marquee letters, like, yeah. are you best friends? So. That's good, that's good. Cool. So make sure that you guys are friends and see Jesus in there. Or, or you could be best friends. Or you could be, be best clear, friends, it wasn't yes. like we met, and then all of a sudden, wow, best friends, but. Was it love at first sight? It was like six days, and then, wow. Six days? Did I you get engaged hard. after six days? No, it was like eight months. No, it was like two years. I don't know eight why I said months? eight months. I lied. That's how long you we were engaged. You were yelling at her because you we went on eight days, and you don't even know when you got engaged? Hey, we got engaged on December 31st, 2012. Oh, there it is. Uh, two more questions. This one I think is a is a big. Uh, it's it's a question that I think every probably kid who says they're following Jesus asks: Is what if the person that I'm dating doesn't believe the same things as me, or if I'm interested in dating someone and they don't believe the same thing as me? That's a super awesome question. Um, The people that I've dated that don't believe the same things as I do, and it doesn't even have to be belief about God, it can be belief about any other thing, it can be like, you like being outside and I like the mall, you like whatever, like, if you're not headed in the same direction, you're not walking together, you're not gonna make it to a final goal together. It's like when you're in a group project, and you got that one person that you're like, oh Jesus, don't let them be in my, oh crap, they're in my group. Like, you don't want to spend the rest of your life without one person from the group project. Don't look at them if they're in this room. What's that? Don't look at them if don't, they're in this room. Don't raise your neighbor's hand for them right now. Um, so I think that if you don't believe the same things, then you're not headed in the same direction. And so you're just setting yourself up for things that could be harder than they have to be. I think back on the guys that I haven't dated, like the guys that I've dated because I wanted to be cool. When I was in high school, I dated the varsity quarterback because that would make me cool, right? That, you're, if you date the varsity quarterback, you're the coolest girl in school. That's what I wanted. Then when I got to college, I dated a musician because he was edgy and I wanted to be edgy and all the cool kids were edgy. And so if you're dating people because you think that they're cool, you think that they'll make you cool, you don't actually know who you are, but you like who this person might make you into, you're not headed in the same direction. And that goes for faith too. And so if you're a person that's pursuing Jesus, why would you want to take a sidestep from that and pursue anything else? That's good. I think that's a great answer. Uh, yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, I was a freshman, and I stole a girl from an older guy, and I thought I was <laughs> cool. Uh, he was a varsity football player, and I was a freshman. But anyways, um, no, yeah, and we were definitely like not going the same path. I was starting to follow Jesus. She was not really anything like that at all, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, it is just setting yourself up for failure. At the end of it, I thought, like, 
you know, we broke up after like four months or whatever. And in my head, I thought like this idea of love was like not possible. Uh, and I think, I think that comes to from, I come from a divorced family, so I think I didn't know what that was either. Um, but yeah, it's, you want to be on the same path, whether that is following Jesus or just simple common interests of, yeah, do you like to go outside? No, I like malls or Michigan, Michigan State, you know, but yeah, those kind of things. Awesome. Cool.